With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Right, and then I thought, oh, no problem. Julia Merriweather looks fantastic. Lee broken and unavailable currently. <laughs> uh, you can only laugh. I'm starting to learn why it has a K. <laughs> should have 12 of them. And, ah, got him. And, and we were all going to be able to enjoy the emotion of the moment. Unless you were watching on sports. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to episode number 203 of Artificial Turf Wars. Uh, George Springer, he's feeling so good, he just can't bear the thought of spending all his time playing baseball anymore, so he's taking a little break. I am your host, Greg Wazduski, and I am joined by Joshua Housem, the uh, the flamboyant. How about that? <laughs> all right, let's go with it. <laughs> uh, we had a, you know... If you if you ignore certain things, it was a great week in Blue Jays land. They swept the Braves. They split in Oakland, which I Oakland is a bad place for the Blue Jays in my mind. Um, they did sort of you know lose Springer, Castro, Panic, Malone, Kirk, and Phelps. But other than that, um, you know they got Hunjin Ryu back. I think that's significant. He came back on schedule. Uh, Robbie Ray has stopped walking people. That we're going to talk maybe about that about um, uh, Danny Jansen not being an automatic out completely anymore uh marcus Semyon is coming around into the form that uh is he's hoping would get him a bigger contract at the end of the year also vlad bo grichuk and a bunch of other guys are are there's a lot of great innings in those uh seven six seven games um since we last talked and the bullpen continues to shut things down despite the fact that it contains no one i recognize from the beginning of the year um we of course have your questions we have a couple of do-overs uh one on a broken mound in Biloxi, and uh, one for the broadcast crew who, uh, well, you know, Josh and I have our frustrations with the broadcast crew. Uh, oh, yes, yes. And we also have the Springer PR debacle. My mistake. Um, I have too many things written down for do-overs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, the Biloxi thing is... Yeah. It's not really a do-over. I'm sure they would do it over if they could. I'll get there. Yeah. All right, sir. We We shall circle back. Uh, I, I would like to relive the sweep of the Braves at home in Dunedin because the Blue Jays, did they, have they swept a three-game series this year up to that point? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So, hey, let's not leave that in the dust too quickly. That was uh, pretty cool. That was They scored 13 runs in the finale. Uh, you know, they, they looked sharp overall. George Springer played in the series. He had a couple bombs. Everything was going great. Yeah, I mean, and the second the second bomb that Springer hit was like seven four hundred and seventy feet. Like for a guy hyperbole. who's got a broken something or other in his leg, broken muscle in his leg, it certainly didn't impede the distance. 
Yeah, and that was the first game that they won thirteen to five that that at the series. They won the last one seven to five, but or seven to two. But um, yeah, I mean everything looked great. Like Vlad was raking everything, and, and you know Semyon started to get hot, which we'll get into in a bit. But like, looked great. Like they they beat they swept a very good team, and then you know then the bad news started. <laughs> Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on the bad news for a little bit. Then they they go into Oakland. Um, they lose the first game five four, and it, it's tough to lose a game five four when you know uh, a team can score as many runs as this team has. Right? They, they scored, like you said, they they won the seven to two. They scored thirteen against the Braves. Um, so five four is 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 kind of a uh, a tough one, I think for me anyway. Um, but the, I mean the four one game, they just didn't have it. Uh, they couldn't. They couldn't figure out how to, you know, how to put it all together. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden in Oakland, it's like, oh, this park is is actually a lot smaller than it looks. We'll we'll start scoring runs, and then we'll in the in the finale, we'll hit a bunch of bombs. Yeah, I mean that that first that game that they won the second one when they were, or the first one that they won in the Oakland series, nine to four, they were getting shut down by Chris Bassett. I mean, he gave up two runs through seven and then they just torched the bullpen. <laughs> I was like, Holy, and, and without a home run in that game, right? That was the one that they, they managed to just string together hit after hit after walk, mm-hmm. like scoring yeah. on wild pitches, scoring on Like it was just like, you can't do anything right. If you're the a Oakland pitching staff. Yeah crazy um so yeah this this is the lineup even even though it's not completely intact this is the kind of thing i I think we were picturing the lineup doing not on an everyday basis but a sort of more often than not and we did not see a lot of it in april no we didn't i mean the the guys that were supposed to be hitting just weren't you know we mentioned this a few times aside from i almost said flow and bad Um, (laughs) but vlad and Grichuk randomly no one was hitting you know they were all hitting considerably worse than they do and then Teoscar came back and he's been looking very good in that series Guriel has started to hit a bit more you know and like is again we'll get into a couple of these other guys in a bit but like the lineup's starting to click and then obviously when Springer if Springer eventually comes back um it's going to be a tough team to pitch to they got hits on a weird sequence of five consecutive pitches, I believe, on, I think it was the after, now I can't remember which game it was, but I, I, they, they mentioned it on the broadcast. And I was like, it did seem like that happened really quickly. And it literally happened. Hit, 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 hit. I'm like, whoa, okay. Uh, there's there's runs, there's people on base. There's like, if I'm a pitcher, I'm, I'm like, do I intentionally throw out of the zone <laughs> just to slow it down? It, it's a yeah it's a it's a weird offense when it gets going to to try and navigate around so um i i think you know over the long run that's how it's supposed to be once or twice a week where you know the pitcher's on his heels not the batters yeah and now they have, they to have go, the line of talent to do it so keep, you know, keep then, in the first inning of this game that's going on is recording this game so the astros bow hit a home run in the first and off we go. Which so, uh, Tabler say that Bo is a better hitter than Vlad, which is just nonsense. But you know, apparently, we, when we leave Tabler at home, he can get into the drink a little earlier, and uh, well, <laughs> that's how it goes. Uh, all right, so 
Now the part that makes it a little more awkward here. The Blue Jays lost George Springer, uh, Anthony Castro, Joe Panic, Tommy Malone. I should be done at this point, but I'm not. Alejandro Kirk. And with a shoulder issue, David Phelps. Uh how how long can this this go, Josh, before it starts to affect the performance on the field? <laughs> um, I think we're already at the point where it's affecting performance, but <laughs> at some point, you just run out of roster spots, right? Like, like they're going to have to start pulling guys off the 40 men onto the roster, and then what happens when healthy guys get back? Like, <laughs> you just start losing players? It's it's not good. No, and, and like some of these injuries don't seem too terribly bad. Uh, you know, Joe Panic is a quad strain. Um, but then, you know, and, and Springer is, is a muscle strain. Obviously that's been a problem for him this year for whatever reason. Uh, but I mean, Alejandro Kirk, they were like, by the time they, they, they graded his hip problem, they're like, oh yeah, weeks, weeks and weeks. We're, yeah, he ain't coming back. Like, so now they're grabbing, um, Reese McGuire back. I don't, you know, there was no plan to have Reese McGuire on the roster this year. Poor Riley Adams, by the way. <laughs> he gets called up to, as the injury replacement, and then they're like, oh, God, Kirk's out a long time. Riley, go back down. You didn't get to the Brian Drollman, right? Like, get it called up and don't get to play. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they were. you can't play with a two-man bench. No. And that's where they were with Panic, um, who had, you know, hurt his, hurt his leg. It, it, this is not a Blue Jays problem, by the way. I don't want to, I don't want to put this on on the Blue Jays just as a, as a solo team. It's a big problem for the Blue Jays, but there's lots of injury reports in baseball right now. It's, it's almost like taking most of a year off will screw up guys' uh, routines and conditioning. Yeah, I don't really get that as the reason. I don't. I mean, their off-season conditioning, like the season ended at its normal time and then their off-season conditioning has been normal. So, like, if you told me that they were going to wear down faster because they didn't play a full season, fine. But they're all getting early, hurt in April, in May, and I don't like. To me, that injury, that reason just doesn't fly. I, I don't. I, but I don't have another reason why, because it is crazy across baseball. Although the Jays have had twenty guys go on the IL this year already. Twenty. <laughs> like, well, I was. We were joking before the broadcast. I just listed five people. It's only a twenty. 20- six man roster that's a it's a fifth of the roster in one week no yeah it's six, six people. people i listed six, six people. people yeah yeah <clears throat> like it's like what that's one week like that just can't keep happening like it's just no no um i mean it shouldn't keep happening at least i mean it's like no. well, i mean I, I think we said this last week that it's nice to finally have people coming back and then they lost another six guys but <laughs> at some point it has to turn around right well yeah um i i, I scribbled this down we're, we're, we are entering other than that mrs lincoln how was the play territory in terms of uh the team's <laughs> doing great but 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 the injuries seem to be taking the focus away um it's it's scary, right? Because I mean, at this point, uh, Julian Mother, J- Julian Merriweather got moved to the sixty day because yeah. of all this shuffling. Well, crap! I thought he was going to be the closer. 
Well, no, first Kirby Yates is going to be the closer. (laughs) Right. And then I thought, oh, no problem. Julia Merriweather looks fantastically broken and unavailable currently. (laughs) Uh, You can only laugh because like, if you don't, you're going to start crying because it's really bad. I don't, I don't know where else to go with that. Um, So we did mention guys coming back. So there were, of course, we'll get to the Springer thing later, but we will, you know, we were concerned that Hyunjin Ryu's I just pulled the muscle situation, which was I'm going to make my next start, and then we're being cautious, was going to turn into something more. And Hyunjin Ryu returned, albeit with a bit of a uh, less command and control than he's used to having. He returned on time, as promised, took his start, and finished his start without incident. I feel like yeah, we should have he, a little was, golf like said, clap or something. Sorry, say that again? <laughs> I said, I feel like we should have a little golf clap or something for that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I can't do that because I'm holding the microphone right now because my setup is a little off right now. But um, he was a little, a little rusty, like you said. You know, his command was a bit off. His velocity was a little down. But, you know, he missed two starts, right? And, you know, just got to just slightly get back into the routine. But still good enough. And he's still... A healthy Hyunjin Ryu, which is really the only thing that we could possibly ask for because he's awesome. Like he, there's, if there's any pitcher in baseball that you're going to have no worries about, well, there's a few of them, but he's on the short list. <laughs> oh, of, of actually when he takes the mound of what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, the, of course, you and I just, both of us made a comment about the command and control, but in the back of my mind, I'm remembering he didn't actually walk anybody. He just... Didn't have his command and control. How many pitchers he, did you say that about? He walked one. Oh, he walked one in the end. On what was a bad call should have been strike three. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an off night for Hyunjin Ryu. It's okay. Different standard, obviously. We're not being very fair. Yeah. <laughs> well, we said we didn't have his command and control. Not that he didn't have any. <laughs> right. Right. Um, speaking of command and control... We mocked Robbie Ray, and I will take the do-over on this, for not being any better with Alejandro Kirk catching. And then immediately after that start, Robbie Ray stopped walking people. Yeah. So <laughs> he, in, the, in, the, in the start against Kansas City, he walked six in the first three innings. That's, you know, not very good. No. Since then, he has thrown 20 and two-third and has walked Nobody. <laughs> it's one of those prop bets that you would, would have these ridiculous odds in Vegas. How many innings will Robbie Ray go between walks this year? You you put oh your money God, down like, on more than 20, you're getting a it, serious return. Like, the, if it was like an over-under, it would have been set at like two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> he literally walked more than anyone in baseball last year. And that's not the first time that's happened. Yeah. Now, now well, that goes I, to Shohei Otani. That's no, no, job. technically it is the first time it's happened because he never threw enough innings. But his walk rate was very, very elevated a lot. And, and here he is, yeah, 20 straight innings without walking anybody. You know, good for him, right? Like we're, we're joking about the, the silliness of it, but it's an, it's, a, it's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm 100%, you know, on, on his side here and uh, raise a glass to Pete Walker if he had anything to do with it. Um, but yeah, fantastic because Robbie Ray is is hard to hit. In addition, <laughs> you know, so if he stops walking people, that's all. That's almost nobody on the bases. So a couple of solo home runs is not a problem if you're Robbie Ray. 
No, yeah, the problem, yeah, because he's right. He, like he's hard to hit consistently. He does give up the occasional home run. Like that's that happens. But if there's no one on base for it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, this team will work around that. It's fine. It, it's like the Masahiro Tanaka style of pitching, where it's like, yeah, you give up a bunch of home runs, but you never walk anyone, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, or the is Shohei Otani the opposite? He never gives up any hits, but he just walks everybody. <laughs> Yes, that's the accurate <laughs> Shohei Otani. It's like Nolan Ryan back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will destroy you by striking you out or walking you, but nothing in between. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little weird out there in baseball land this season, but that's okay. We, we There's a guy who's an actual legitimate two-way player right now, and the Angels are trying to win for real this time, so they're using him like one, which makes it headline worthy. But moving back to our own our own roster... Uh, Danny Jansen. Now I have here stopped being an automatic out, and you take take some umbrage with that. That you're claiming, you know, you're saying he's still not good, and I have to agree with you. He's abysmally bad, but he's not an automatic out because he has three hits. <laughs> yeah, three for sixteen since we last recorded, which is but, still bad. It's still under two hundred, but he does have a couple home runs, or he has a home run, yeah. And uh, another RBI hit, and presumably there's a walk in there somewhere. Uh, yes, he has one walk since then, and you know what? He needs to step up because you know we just sort of moved right off Kirk. Kirk was taking his job, like, yeah, or he had taken it. I'm not even sure if if like I think if Kirk was healthy, he'd have been playing every day. Again, except for Ryu, but Ryu was hurt. Uh, so, you know, Jansen got the job back by default, and. Thankfully, he's started to do a little better. He still has a long way to go, but at least it gives him the chance to get out of it and maybe he can turn it around. Because, I mean, look, Jansen has not been a great hitter in his career. His OPS last year was more than double what it is right now. So <laughs> get better. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard to be better than 0 for 35. Anytime they put up an offensive statistic graph and you're worse than Buck Martinez in Blue Jays history... Your days are numbered. So um, forward we go with Andy Jensen taking the, the bulk of the innings. Um, again, we've been able to sort of paper over the Danny Jansen problem with everyone else. So let's talk about Marcus Simeon. Yeah, so one of the things about Simeon is that there's a lot of question marks about what his bat was. Yeah, because he had that great 2019 and he had the great end to 2020, including the postseason. But other than that, he's been a pretty mediocre hitter throughout his career. And through the first game of the Atlanta series, he was hitting 211 with a 290 on base and a 368 slugging. He hit some home runs. Uh, you know, he had five and stolen some bases, six of those, but he wasn't really doing anything else. And then since that time, He's gone 10 for 23, which is a 435 batting average, with two home runs, three doubles, and two walks. And this kind of streak that he's on is just showing a bit more the kind of bat that he could have. Like, he didn't even have a double before that stretch, and he's got three since. So he can be a much better hitter, whether he's going to be this, what he's been over the last six games. No, he's not going to hit 450, but he can still be a really useful piece for the Jays and he's doing, and it's especially important. He's doing it right now while Springer's out and he's leading off. 
Yeah, well, I mean, he he essentially lost the the consistent leadoff hitter's job to Bo Bish- uh, to um, Kevin Biggio at times. But Biggio, of course, has been struggling this year, so it, it was kind of up for grabs. But you know, instead of being slotted in the leadoff spot in Springer's absence, it was kind of like, well, we'll find a spot for you. So now he's, you know, he's right back up at the top of the lineup. If he strikes out a little bit less and makes contact, you know, as, uh, anywhere near what he's been doing the last week, uh, he's a good option while George Springer is not available. And 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 when you go Semyon, Bichette, Guerrero, uh, with how often Guerrero gets on base, that is a intimidating way to start a baseball game. Yeah. So, you know, it's good. It's a, it's nice to think we talked about, you know, these guys, they were underperforming. You know, now that we've seen that they're starting to perform a bit better, we're seeing what this team can be. And, you know, they're third in the league in run differential now. It's like 2015 vibes, but not quite, you know, like the, you, the extreme like, oh, what's going on with the rotation <laughs> along with just some fun <laughs> offenses. But they're not just clobbering teams the way that team did. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of time in this season to find out if they are that kind of clobbering lineup. Um, no, they do not have the Josh Donalds and Jose Bautista uh, Edwin Encarnacion trio in there, but the way home runs fly now, I'm not sure that you need all three of those, you know, you need it concentrated in three guys to be that dominant. But I mean, run differential in the long run tends not to lie about how you are actually lining up. The question I think is is not going to be the offense. It's going to be how does the run prevention work as you start to chew through uh, these replacement arms that keep being asked to be just as good as the guy they're replacing. Yeah. Well, it's definitely a situation where they're going to need guys to start getting healthy before they can think about making that kind of leap. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think we, we've talked about Semyon. There, there's a whole lot of other names we could talk about in the rest of the offense. And I don't think we have any, you know, bad news. Vlad, Bo, and Grichuk still continue to lead the way. Uh, even though they, you know, they, they might have a bad game or a little hiccup here and there. At one point, you know, uh, because of how many at-bats he got and he hasn't taken a day off, Vlad, Vlad Jr. Um, won, uh, had, can't even spit it out. Vlad Jr. was on base more times than anybody else in the major leagues. I think he still is. That's a wild statistic. That means he's, you know, he's doing the ultimate job of a hitter more often than anybody else. Does it mean he's the best hitter? No, but because he's out there every day, he's he's providing value every day. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's literally you cannot complain about anything Vlad is doing. And you really can't complain anything about Randall Grichick's doing. <laughs> I mean, you know, he had that huge game against Oakland. He's his overall numbers are just strong. I mean, he's got entering today. He's hitting 306 with a 345 on base and a 514 slugging and playing good defense in the outfield. I, I think it's amazing that we're we're at this point of the year. We're in the first week of May, and you and I have yet to have a serious conversation about whether Teoscar Hernandez's contribution matters or not this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of Teoscar Hernandez, apparently on the broadcast, Pat Tabler just referred to him as an afterthought in the Nori Aoki trade. Sure. As though Pat. he wasn't the piece that they wanted and they took Aoki's contract to make that happen. Oh, it's the worst. 
My my daughter said, and she is not a baseball fan, but it's on in the in the on the big TV, right? She said, Pat, she doesn't even know his name. She's like the guy. I'm like Pat Tablo. She's like, yes, that one. She's like, he's telling a story, and what he doesn't know is that he's supposed to be telling a story about the game that we're watching. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so> I was. <laughs> I was watching the uh, – we're really digressing right now, but I was watching the, the second last Oakland game and I was listening. And I, I was like, I said, okay, imagine if I was watching on the radio. It got to three and one before they said the count on a foul ball. I have been listening to the radio because I've been working for a couple of these games, the day game I was working for. And I was like – okay, anytime now I'm going to find out if there's anybody on base. Anytime now we're going to refresh the count. <laughs> Anytime, and that's with Showman. Um, like, and, and Showman is is good in the sense of interrupting himself, but he won't interrupt Tabler. No, he won't. And, and Tabler, Tabler at one point talked pause. for three pitches straight. Like pause. Now sometimes it sounds like he's pausing, waiting for Showman to to give the pitch, and it doesn't happen. Probably because they're not sitting side by side. But it's wildly inadequate as a radio listener. Yeah. Anyway, back to yes, Teoscar Hernandez <laughs> has not his struggles have not mattered <laughs> because yeah. Grichik is playing so great. So you know he will get hot at some point, and maybe it will be the the point at which Grichik falls back like a like a shooting star to earth. And Teoscar has been playing better since coming back from yes. his co- his bout of COVID. So yes, he has not been horrible. I, it's just it's it's not been a factor either way, which is crazy. Uh you, do you want to talk about Nate Pearson? Yeah, so we're because we're talking about like who's going to pitch, and currently in this Sunday game, the pitcher lined up is Anthony K. I guess and didn't go that great last time. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, <laughs> look, I still like K. Like actually, he only gave up runs or base runners in that one inning. Like he was great for the remaining couple, but the remaining. Did you actually think he won, think he won five innings? But um, yeah, he like against Houston and all their right-handed thunder. I think Pearson's going to make that start. I mean, he threw seventy-eight pitches in his AAA start. He started. He pitched the opening game game for the Trenton Bisons. Um. He only lasted three and two third, but that's because he struck out eight batters, and you know they he they weren't swinging because they couldn't hit it. You know, like so he worked up some pitch counts, and I, I think he has to take that start. If he's healthy, he belongs on this roster ahead of a whole like so many people. He's gonna he's gonna get unfavorable you know turns regardless if he's gonna be in the in the rotation. But yeah, I think you have to absolutely bring him back. If, if he's if he's built up and healthy, he is better than Anthony K, hands down. Yep. Now, the real wild card, Alec Manoa. Alec with a K because, well, I'm starting to learn why it has a K. <laughs> Should have 12 of them. And, ah, got him. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he he showed up large in his first AAA start. Yeah, he, he did exactly what he did all spring training, which was just dominate hitters with really two pitchers. He has a pretty good changeup, but his fastball slider combination was just overwhelming for these minor league hitters. I mean, he got challenged with a, a placement to AAA, which we talked about last week, and he answered the challenge right away. And with Ross Stripling struggling again right now, 
I think the calls for Alec Manoa to join the big league team are going to start getting louder and louder and louder, especially if he does something like this again. Yeah, I, I think if his second start is a double-digit strikeout game, regardless of what management thinks, I think Twitter is going to light up with people going, why is this guy not in the rotation? If this guy can give you six innings, five innings of, you know, wipeout, uh, swing and miss stuff, that's that's what this bullpen is going to need help for, with. Not, not you know, four and a third from Ross Stripling after he gives up a couple runs. Yeah, I mean, it ha- there's... Lots of dreaming right now on a rotation of Ryu, Ray, Mats, Pearson, and Manoa. And it's not crazy to think that that's what it could be soon. And I, you know, I was I was on the in the camp of like you people are nuts saying that Manoa should be going to the major leagues right now at a spring training because he had not faced real hitters above low a short season A ball. You know, it's like let's see him actually yeah. do it in real games. And, well, he did it in a real game today against a AAA lineup or yesterday and it looked really, really good. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we're waiting with bated breath for those that next rotation turn. Um, I'm looking at how long we've discussed the state of the team, and I'm thinking we have a question about the bullpen. So we will, we will answer uh, our bullpen discussion after the question. Make sense? Yes, it does. All right. We're going to come right back after we take a quick breather, and we'll see you in a minute. And we have returned from whence we came, uh, which is uh, really the same spot. Does that make any sense? No, but I'd like to fill a little bit of time before I press the questions button. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? We are going to start with an email question, Josh, from our patron, Deco Cuff. He says... Uh, several things, but he begins with, in the past, I've seen great Jays bullpens ground down through clear overuse. True. Uh, but I don't know what numbers to associate with overusage. How many innings in a season is too much for players like Barucki, Delise, Romano, Phelps, and Meza? Uh, how many innings in a month, in a week? If these guys were used every other game for one inning, should they be able to keep that up all season? How many times does a reliever need to recover from the average of inning of work? And then a follow-up. Would you consider the Blue Jays bullpen has been overworked to this point, And what would lead you to think so? Or which relievers, if any, would you consider to be overworked at this point? That is a lot of deep, heartfelt concern about the bullpen. And I feel him. I do. Yeah. Um, it's hard to say that they haven't been overworked as a unit in the sense of this, their starters haven't been going very deep in games. Um. I don't know, like whether the they've had so many pitchers that they've used that I'm not sure that any individual pitcher is actually overworked. Um, like maybe you could say it about like Joel Piamps, but you know, it's like he's your last guy in your bullpen. So I don't think that they are. I, I think that some of the usage has been weird, like Baraki pitching in two blowouts. Uh, you know, I don't really understand that, but. I think that they're fine. As for what to look at, you should reach out to Dr. Mike Sun, who has been on this podcast before. He's a friend of ours. He's created something called Fatigue Units, which measures... Or, or FUs. Yes, or FUs, <laughs> which measures 
you know, more than just how many pitches they threw or how long or how many innings, it, it measures how much rest they had between pitches, how hard they're throwing. So it takes a lot into account. If there's any one stat, that's what I would look at. I don't have the access to that information right now, but if you reach out to him, I think he can give you an answer. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mike Stein is on Twitter. If you're looking for him, um, you know, you can always uh, tweet at him. The, um, the other part I think of this that is kind of invisible is uh, we don't know what kind of like side work that they are doing. We don't know if they have underlying health issues that are, are causing Charlie Montoyo to use them in one way or another. I would say definitely you could not use a guy every other game for one inning. There is a reason why relievers tend to top out around the 70 inning mark um, because getting warmed up in games but not going in and, you know, the, the vagaries of the schedule are more stressful than they look. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah. So, I no, I, I think... I think, yes, you, you are probably going to look at some of these guys. Well, David Phelps, <laughs> case in point, maybe you use David Phelps too much and now his shoulder hurts and now he has to take a break. Yeah, Phelps didn't even, like his usage didn't even seem that bad. Like, it seemed like almost every time he got up, he pitched, except for that one doubleheader against Kansas City where he got up, didn't pitch, and then they didn't use him. So I don't know. Like he, he just got hurt because sometimes pitchers get hurt and a lot of times Blue Jays pitchers get hurt. Um. Like Tommy Malone was pitching on a regular schedule as like an op- as a following the Trent Thornton opener, and he got hurt. The, the pitchers get hurt, but we should talk about how good they've been. <laughs> I mean, they didn't give up a run in the Oakland series, and they didn't give up a run in the last game of the Atlanta series. So there's five straight games without a run allowed from the bullpen. And this and, is clearly the B bullpen. So who's active currently in the bullpen? Let's see if we can list them. There's Rafael Dolis, John Romano. Yeah. Romano, Phelps, Meza. No, not Phelps. No. Nope. Brucky, Meza, Tice, Borgen, and Piamps. <laughs> That's the unit right now. I would like to point out the absolute absurdity of Bergen, which was not pointed out when, when the Blue Jays acquired him. His pitch mix is fastballs. That's it. <laughs> Are you there? It's, I was oh. just trying to think about it. He's like the poor man's Jake Bar- McGee. I, I'm just fascinated. He threw 59 pitches total for the Blue Jays, 57 of which I believe were fastballs, something like that. Yeah, something and it's really funny because there was one game he was like, fastball, ball, fastball, ball, curveball, strike, and then fastball, 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 fastball. <laughs> he, he's like he's Jake McGee without throwing 98 miles an hour. And he, it works. <laughs> he gets the job done. But I, nobody mentioned it. How do you not mention it? Oh, by the way, he throws a fastball, and that's it. Um, that, that, that to me would be the standout thing when you acquire him, but whatever. So, yeah, it is quite t- between Ty Tice, Bergen, um, and, and the resurgent Mesa. I think there are some very unexpected things in that bullpen that, again, like you said, hasn't, hasn't let a run in five games. Jensen just hit another home run. <laughs> See, I told you he was coming around. Not an automatic out. You're right. <laughs> yeah, not an automatic out. That's all we want, really. Um, yeah, crazy. Uh, so, yes, I think they are probably going to get worn down. Whether whether or not there's a specific thing you can point to, um, David Phelps and Jerry Merriweather and um, I'm trying to think, uh, Jordan Romano, all these guys got hurt. 
at some well, the point. Romano got hurt like after two games. Yeah, but one way or another, I don't know if worn down and hurt are the same thing. But you're you're going to see this bullpen end up rotating more names in and out of it. Is is the only thing I'm I'm saying here? Is yeah, no, you're 100 percent right. But thankfully, oh, we didn't even talk about Tanner Rorick is gone. But um, uh, DFA, we hardly knew. Gosh, well, yeah. we did. We knew you too we well. We did know you but, uh, <laughs> too well. The diesel engine ran out of fuel. But uh, <laughs> well, the nice thing is that as some of these guys start to either fall back to earth performance wise, like Piamps, right? Like he should be doing this. Some of these guys will come back, like. Anthony Castro or Phelps or Merriweather with having some had some time off to recuperate and rehab. So while yes, it's they're likely going to have some issues, they have enough guys that have come up that out of nowhere that they still have probably 10 guys you would trust to pitch in this bullpen right now, which is pretty good. If they were all healthy, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Uh okay. Though that concludes the email question portion of the show. Ewan Ross asks, how should Alec Manoa pose for his Hall of Fame plaque? <laughs> We're getting right to the chase. Holding a musket and staring down danger. Really? I, I thought we would... We would we'd have, Mars. Uh, okay. I thought we would just have him in profile wistfully into the distance. Like every Hall of Fame plaque? What's the fun in that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not very creative. Uh, okay, so yeah, there we have uh, the obvious. We've, we've already promoted Alec into the Hall of Fame with, with his all-time strikeout record. Uh, Andrew Arnold uh, wants to know which one of you had Joe Panic starting first baseman on your bingo card. Well, now it's Joe Panic injured list, but... Um... I had both oh. of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Joe Panic starting first baseman, like... I think when we when the Jays signed Panic, I said that with the roster they had now, the nice thing was they wouldn't be in a situation like last year where he played 41 out of uh, 60 games. He's already played 19 games this year. They've only played 30. <laughs> so he is on pace for 38 out of the 60 if he hadn't gotten hurt. Or maybe they played 32, but like either way, it's like still, he still pretty played close, over half the games. Pretty close. Now, mind you, he played them at second and third base. No, 30 the, games, yeah. The the places where you you, you kind of want Joe Panic to stay. So, you know, to, to the you, I made a comment about him starting at shortstop, and you wanted to avoid that at all costs, and they managed to do that. So we're, we're going in the right direction, right? Oh, for sure. You know, it's just the the nature of the sea, the way the season has gone health wise. That Joe Panic has played nineteen games, and now he's hurt. Uh, Tom or Tom at Northern Lawfer, N O R T H R N L A U G H E R. If you want to follow, uh, says if Manoa comes up this year. Oh look, Manoa again. Uh, how many innings could he pitch in total? Could he go the full year, assuming decent performance? Um, probably not, but he threw 125 innings between college and the minors in 2019. And then last year happened and obviously he didn't throw as many innings last year. So, you know, I think a lot of young pitchers especially are going to have their innings dropped this year because of that, but he could easily come up and pitch for a while without 
or you know, or maybe pitch for a bit, then shift to the bullpen because he'd be a great great arm out of the pen. Given that he threw 125 innings two years ago, and he is 23, you know, it's not like he's a 20 year old like Simeon Woods Richardson. All right. Um, also, I, I think it's going to be very difficult potentially for the Blue Jays um, to decide these things if it is a playoff run. Who who they give these innings to if things look promising but let's not get ahead of ourselves right yeah (laughs) colleen evans at colleen evans six uh congratulations on your 1000th question colleen um are you aware of any current i don't i don't actually know that that's our thousandth question are you aware of any current mlb owners who've shown that they actually care about the game or the fans of their team i feel some cynicism coming from colleen this week yeah and for the record we love it when you ask a lot of questions and then oh, yeah. involved. so like it, that may have sounded sarcastic, but it wasn't <laughs> like we really appreciate it. Um, Yankees and Dodgers. <laughs> like, that, that's it. That's the list. Yep. Yep. If, if a team is spending money, just like hand over fist, that is the best sign that they actually care about their team, their fans and, and winning. And beyond that, I, I don't even know what's going on. Mike Illich passed away. So mm. he did pass away, didn't he? Yes, quite a while ago. Yeah. Uh, incoherent screaming at split letters. Um, as assuming he continues to be dominant like this going forward, how long until we get Manoa in the bigs? Uh, also, Josh, he is nominating this tweet of yours for a gold star. I'm rejecting nice. the nomination. It's not uh, that good. I could have done it. I could have done a better job. But go ahead. Uh, it is tough to bring hip injuries and a Shakira reference in smoothly. But worth trying is all I would say. <laughs> what uh, I could have, I should have said is that like, <laughs> it's like we let our guard down because she told us they don't lie, and then they fooled us all. Ah, yes, the hips that, that keep breaking. Yeah. The question, though, was assuming he continues to be dominant like this going forward, how long until we do see uh, Alec? I think if he does this two more times, he's up. Yeah, and I, I think. Uh, I think if anybody else in the rotation gets hurt, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. By the way, you know, um, I said that Jansen hit that second home run. Since we're done the questions, I'll go back to this. Mm-hmm. Houston's a fun park. <laughs> Do you know what the expected batting average was on his hit? One fifty. Zero thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that is his batting average, so obviously that's somehow it makes a home run with an expected sense. batting average of zero thirty because that park is ridiculous. I have said this many times, I think even on this podcast, but I will reiterate: everyone thinks that the short porch in Yankee Stadium is is the shortest, stupidest porch in baseball. It's not. It's the left field Crawford boxes in Houston. You can look it up. You can hit a pitch softer than it comes in and get the ball out in the corner in Houston. Yep. (laughs) Ridiculous. All right. Those were the questions. So at this point we will begin that. Do you want to begin with a gold star? Is that the fair thing to do? Yeah. Let's, let's keep the, keep the mood up for a little bit. All right. We will give the gold star out. That's rather brilliant. So I did good, right? I mean, I would have thought you'd get a gold star. You enjoy that. You've earned it. Okay. In 
Biloxi. I don't even know if it was in Biloxi. The minor league game. Um, the uh, the Biloxi Shuckers drew 13 walks. Now, that sounds pretty good. Until you realize that they drew all 13 of them in one inning. <laughs> so, I'm going to play for you the call. Picking up at the... 17th man to bat in the inning and we're giving out a gold star because it is tough to get excited about a constant stream of walks uh but from garrett green and his soundcloud we have someone getting very excited about a constant stream of walks man to bat for biloxi and he's got a 3-1 count the pitch on the way and it's inside ball four lucas ursig walks for the second time in the inning and the shuckers now have their 12 spot here in the sixth it's 13 to 2 on one hit the shuckers have 12 runs in the sixth inning on one hit so that is that is my goodness <laughs> i forgot about the my goodness Stoffering is uh yeah one hit. <laughs> i was just like uh yeah i would have been flabbergasted like i wouldn't have even known what to say at that point so kudos to you to to the uh to the announcer for making it sound like an epic moment also how little hair must the pitching coach and the manager have at this point they've all taken up smoking by this point (laughs) (laughs) it's like 13 On one hit, I'd do it again. That's <laughs> oh my god! I, if I if I had done that when I was like pitching in university, like, I would have been just running forever. <laughs> I I don't know how that happens, but it's uh, as someone on Twitter responded, "How can you not be romantic about baseball?" doesn't make any sense at all just just go underhand just lob it man just anything seriously oh my goodness 12 runs 12 runs 13 walks one hit yeah it, it all started so innocently okay that is the gold star um we shall begin the do-overs which uh where is he there he is all right what would I do different? Well, well, I've never actually made a mistake. There have been a few, let's call them, stananks. That could be worthy of a do-over. Uh, if you were to handle, say, a star player who you were paying hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, re-injuring uh, something that had been nagging at him for a while, um... Could you possibly do it worse than the Blue Jays did? <laughs> I mean, we said it before. Managing expectations is not their strong suit and has not been for multiple iterations of the front office. Yeah. Uh, like, I I understand that the front office really wants Springer to be playing, and so does the manager, and so does Springer. I, I get that. Um, But... There is a difference to me between saying, oh, it's it's we, we're just letting him rest it and saying something happened and we're really not sure why he wasn't able to finish the game at this point. Um, we're not sure, you know, 
We don't know. There's a difference between saying we don't know what's going on right now until more time goes by and everything's fine. We'll just it's just a schedule that this is all part of the plan. Like one of those things seems awfully disingenuous. Well, that's the issue, right? Like at some point you lose the confidence of your fan base and they're playing it really fast and loose with that as though it doesn't matter if people believe what you tell them. Mm-hmm. It's it, it goes back to the it's not a lie if we know the truth stuff from the J.P. Ricciardi era where all that matters is what you think you and you what you know. There's no actual advantage to this, which is the crazy part. It's not like, you know, like, oh, if we if we pretend that he's healthy, the other team's not going to be able to game plan. Everybody in the world knew he was hurt. Like and, and like the other managers, they look him in the dugout, and he's sitting there with his jacket on. He's not getting ready to pinch hit. Yeah, and, and yet they're saying, "Oh, you know, it's fatigue. It's fatigue. He's fine. Oh, he might pinch hit, and then he's on the IL again." And, and in the meantime, honestly, like they're oh, we, we were expecting maybe he would have recovered. No, you weren't. He wasn't even fully suiting up for the game. Clearly, he was hurt. That's not fatigue. Just put him on the IL, get another player on the roster, and maybe you win a game. When you have a, a full bench, yeah, and even that, like, like I can I can understand them saying not putting him on the IL because they think, oh, he might need another couple of days, and then he'll he just needs some soreness to subside. But the it's fatigue. He's fine. He can pitch hit. All of that stuff was just I don't know. Like it just, I just didn't like it. It's like just it just treats us like idiots. Well, and to your point about trust, I, I you know. I my thing is it, it to be it bleeds all the way into the off season kind of thing where it's like and we tried really hard to get this free agent we made a competitive offer and he really did you <laughs> like yeah and then and then obviously like we know the Jays have been aggressive and they have signed big players but it's the thing about just believing what they're telling you and like it's, you can't if you can't take their words at face value it does hurt the product and it hurts the demand for the product in some fashion down the road like it's not. Trust is not a finite, an, an infinite thing that people have, and it's not something you should take lightly. So. Yeah. If you don't know, say you don't know. If there's, if there's pain and discomfort, and someone is day to day, don't be coy. Say, hey, for now they're day to day. They might go back on the injured list. I'm fine with that. It's not hard. So there's your do over. Tell us, tell us what's actually happening. Don't, don't be. Uh, don't be euphemistic about it uh, with the players who we so badly want to succeed. You had another do-over for, well, your favorite guy. I, apparently, it's is it Pat Tabler specifically? Whipping no, day it wasn't or, Tabler's no. fault at all, actually. This is interesting. <laughs> okay. um, it's for Sportsnet and Shulman. Um, so Marcus Semien, as everybody probably knows by now, is from Oakland. And played for Oakland for six years. He was a star there. He was their leadoff hitter. And by all accounts, he was one of the most beloved players they've ever had. They really were all sad to see him go. Fans and players alike. So there was a moment that everybody in the world saw coming. He was going to walk up to the plate for his first at bat in Oakland. He was going to get a nice hand from the crowd. And and we were all going to be able to enjoy the emotion of the moment. Unless you were watching on sports. <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, and I can't for the life of me fathom why they thought this was a good idea. 
Dan Shulman started talking as soon as Stremian came up to the plate, and then they transitioned into a pre-recorded video of him greeting his teammates before the game as Shulman was narrating it. And then they came back, and the pitch was about to happen. We missed almost the entire thing. What in the world were they thinking? Show that package before the game, you know, because it was all recorded and edited from before the game. And then let that moment speak for itself. It reminded me of like in the exact opposite world of when Estrada pitched against the Royals in the ALCS. And when he came out of the game, Joe Buck said, and we're just going to be quiet so you can listen to the ovation for Marco Estrada. Yeah. And then he shut up. Yeah. Like I, showman is supposed to be like the great like announcer. I, I think this is probably from the, the producers who, you know, had this package and he had to talk about it, but it, sh- it was just so tone deaf and I couldn't believe what I was seeing I am or not fa- seeing. <laughs> I am fascinated in sport when uh, the people who make sports programming completely forget that the moments in sport that are the reason we watch it, period, is because all the moments that are important are spontaneous. You know, even even though we are, you know, going to respect them, how Marcus Semien reacts to that ovation? Does he step back out of the box? Does he tip his helmet? Does he take a minute to gather himself? Or does he, you know, any, even when, you remember Marco Scudero went to face his old, old team at one point, and he did like a, he did like a flinch, and then he laughed it off. Like, he was nervous to face them. Like, those kind of moments are there. You don't have to do anything but let them happen. And then the people in production think, oh, well, we've got a better moment. We'll just manufacture one. No, that's not what no. we're watching. It was really bad and really disappointing. So, yeah. like, I was actually, that's all I was watching for because it was a late game and I wasn't probably going to stay up for the whole thing. I ended up doing that anyway. But uh, I just wanted to see that moment. I, I, I was watching something on, I, I don't know, some something on on Crave or something like that. But I muted it so I could see that moment and they didn't give it to me. Shame on them. And yep. uh, yeah, next time, if there is something happening on the field that's emotional and you have you know, a chance to capture it and step out of the way, just do it. That's the do-over. Pretty simple. Oh, we have covered a lot of things this week, it seems like. But it was easy because there were a lot of W's to cover. That said... Woo! W for woo! Woo! Uh, what hath what hath the final thought brought to you, my friend? Yeah, I can't remember if I brought this up on a previous podcast or not, but there have been a lot of no-hitters this year, and they've all been really weird. So Carlos Rodon, Joe Musgrove, uh, sort of Madison Bumgarner, and now John Means have thrown no-hitters. None of them has walked a batter in them. <laughs> right. It's like, which is abnormal in its own, like, you're, with no perfect games, right? No walks. John mm-hmm. Means took it one step further. He did not walk anybody. He did not hit anybody. There was not an error. And he faced 27 batters. But it was not a perfect game because a runner, a runner reached on a wild pitch and then was caught stealing. It's the first time in history that a pitcher has thrown a no-hitter with no walks, no hit by pitch, and no errors. And it not be a perfect game. I said it was weird out there, I, and yeah. I stand by it. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> it's just pretty cool, like or yeah. weird. I don't know, but it's just interesting. 
baseball has so many wrinkles. There was someone on, on, on the other day on Reddit saying, has, has the same game ever occurred twice? And, you know, the odds of that are so astronomically against it, against, you know, the, mm-hmm. the you know, even in a perfect game to have the other team do the same thing um, yeah. home away is so hard to do. Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Albert Pujols because he represents a generation that I think uh, you and I basically uh, of hitters and of players that you and I have spent most of our time writing about and talking about. Mm-hmm. And he is n- currently not on a major league roster for the first time since that whole, that whole process began. Um, mad respect to him for his whole career and I, I don't think the first his the St. Louis part of his career can be underestimated for the impact he had on the game and the fear he put into his opponents. Um, the fact that the back half of his career was basically one massive overpayment on the part of the Angels is kind of sad. Um, and, and I think it's kind of bittersweet to see his actual wins above replacement, like his actual value gradually decreasing his career total as he goes out here. But he is determined to play full time. So um, we'll see if Tony La Russa gives him a job again. It was, so, I mean, I just don't understand of all the teams that he could go to. They have Jose Abreu, who's yeah. obviously not sitting down, <laughs> the reigning MVP. Yep. He's their first baseman. And then Yermin Mercedes, who's hitting 378 as their DH. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't I don't I don't actually think that the White Sox will sign a contract for him because of, of what he wants. There, there are a bunch of other teams, like Cleveland, for example, that might actually get some value out of out of Albert Pujols if all the stars aligned. Um But but at the same time, I think um I think it's time for him to look sincerely at what he is able to physically do on the field and to acknowledge that maybe his body is not capable of competing at the major league level anymore. And and that, you know, 667 home runs and 3,200 and something hits is, is a perfectly awesome way to end a career. So regardless of whether he plays or not, I think, um, I think it's worth taking a look at what Albert Pujols did during his career and thinking about the fact that, you know, of all the backyard baseball players, he was the last one standing. <laughs> yes, he was. All right. So you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010. And this has been Artificial Turf Wars episode number 203. And with any luck, we'll have a couple more wins to talk about next week. <laughs>